So today we will talk about life in the Father's throne room. Life in the throne room. And when I thought about this, when I felt like the Lord gave us this topic today, my first question was, okay, what is life like in the Father's throne room? And, of course, you you always begin to think, Jim, about, um, you know, kings of old, you know, the olden times when the kings and... You know, the, the the throne room where people would come in and address the king and you would have uh, the subjects all around in the back of the room and and the kids might be playing on the floor in front of the king's feet, you know, and whatever. Um, that's the first thought I had, but it's not a bad thought if you're the kids. <laughs> I, I, I would say if you're the kids of the king back in olden days, um you you were in a pretty good position. Yeah, the sons. That's true. You know? That's true. Uh, so anyway, um, you know, it does say, Jim, in uh, Revelation uh, 3.21 that Jesus says that to him who overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Wow. What a promise. Yeah. Th- this, this is something that you can count on. If Jesus says it, folks, I'm telling you, you can take it to the bank. And he said that. And he goes on to say, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. And I like that. It says in. It doesn't say, I know we have this vision of Jesus sitting at the right hand of the father. And, and yeah, that's all good. And when Stephen was getting stoned, Jesus stood up, and, and Stephen could see into the heavenlies and see the Lord. the Lord, you know, encouraging him, which is really exciting. Um, but it says, in my throne. So, guess what? If you're on Papa's lap, you're one. You're 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 just one being basically, and that's what we're going to talk about. We always talk here at Kingdom Building about oneness with the Lord because that's His. Jim, am I off base by saying that's His number one desire? That was His plan from beginning in Genesis. He said, "Let's make them in our image and in our likeness," meaning let's make them in our oneness, who we are. We want them to be just as we are. Right, right, and. Um, so I'm going to read this, and then whatever you thought you have, or a poem. Um, if you've just tuned in to Kingdom Building and you've never uh, listened to us before, um, Jim has a, a gift of poetry that the Lord has given him. And, um, wow, they're, they're kingdom prayers, folks. I mean, they are kingdom prayers. Um, they will bless you. So usually... Uh, He'll give at least one, two, sometimes three or four uh, poems that the Lord has given him throughout the years. And many times he gives him a poem just for this particular program at this time. But anyway, uh, I'm going to start off with 1 John 3. This is a beautiful scripture, and it's a little bit long, so hang in there with me. But it's just so beautiful, and it's so powerful. And if you're having a bad day today, uh, this is going to pick you up. 
I promise. This, this is going to make the day even better. If you're having a great day, it's going to make it even better. First um, John 3, 1 says, Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love. That he has lavished on us. Did you know the Father has lavished his love on you? He loves you so much. I mean, you know, so many people are under the understanding that he only loves you when you're doing all the right things. And that's not so. Do you only love your kids when they're only doing what you want them to do? No, you love them even when they mess up. That's what keeps so many people really rich from coming into the presence of God is they think they have to clean themselves up and then they can approach this, quote, holy God, okay, that much of really religion has painted God in that light, you know. Uh, You've got to be doing this. You've got to clean up your life and then come to God. But... You know, I found out that I couldn't clean up my life until God came to me, actually. It's really God coming to his creation. Mm-hmm. You know, even like we spoke before, even when Adam fell, uh, what did God do? Did he, did, you know, did he despise him then? Did he never communicate with him again? No, the first thing he did was he went to the garden and said, Adam, where are you? Mm-hmm. He knew where Adam was. He just wanted Adam to think about this new change in his lifestyle and in his mentality and in his consciousness. God was saying, you know, you've gone down into a dimension where you and I are not one any longer. But God went to him, just like he still comes to his creation today. Jesus came to us, too. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Jesus came to the earth to demonstrate this love that you were talking about, Rich, this incredible love of God. Yeah, he, he left the 99, the parable of the sheep. He left the 99 to find that lost one in in. If you're out there and you you feel that you're lost, guess what? He's knocking on your door right yeah. now. You're that one he's looking for. Yeah. Amen. You're 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 part of the family. Amen. So um, so it says, look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that He has lavished on us, and it goes on to say, He has called us. There you go. He has called us and made us. His very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize Him. Beloved, we are God's children right now. It's not a future thing. Amen. It's right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. But we do know that when it is finally made visible, and Jim and I were talking before the program, the J.B. Phelps says that we know that if reality were to break through, see, we think this earthly realm is reality. And in the earthly realm, it is. It's a natural reality, yeah. But it's temporal. Yeah. It's temporary. True eternal reality is found in the heavenlies. But it goes on to say, if reality were to break through, we should reflect his likeness, for we should see him as he really is. 
-hmm. In the other translation, it says, It is not yet apparent what we will become, but we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like him. For we will see him as he truly is. And this is great. It says, And all who focus their hope on him will always be purifying themselves just as Jesus is pure. Mm -hmm. You can't, like Jim said, you can't clean yourself up and purify yourself. That has to be his, that's Mm -hmm. his job. Mm -hmm. It's the Holy Spirit's job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. He'll lead you and guide you. Who who directs us and guides yeah. us and and you know changes? I, I heard one guy say something about changes your your likes. You know, at one time if you're in the world, you like to do certain things that maybe you don't like to do any longer mm-hmm. because you just don't have an interest in it any longer. Well, you know, at that point, you're being purified. Yeah, that's one of the signs. That's one of the signs that you've been illuminated uh, because there's just something in you that we call it the conscience, but it really is the Christ spirit that's trying to lead, guide, and direct you, especially away from all your old style of living. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every one of you out there know where I'm coming from (laughs) because we're all... We're all humanoids. <laughs> We're all the human race. We've been there and done that yeah, and amen. have the T-shirt to show for it. That's right. For sure. But, yeah, I like the, the part where, yeah, I like it all, but I like the part that um, that when reality breaks forth. Mm-hmm. In reality, we're in a day, folks, where reality is breaking forth. Amen. If you're seeking him, you know, seek Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to it. So there's nothing more important in your life today than seeking him. And if you're seeking him, you will find him. And not only will you find him, you're going to be changed. And we had a program uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe it was like a couple weeks ago, being changed from glory to glory. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful thing, and, mm-hmm. and you can't do it yourself. Mm-hmm. No. You have to be willing to let God ch- and And the benefits of being changed from glory to glory, more peace, it's the kingdom of God, just like you know we say all the time. Righteousness, peace, and joy is the kingdom. Where's the kingdom? Where's the throne room? In you. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. are the temple of God. And in, in, it's interesting that, um, let's see, I have it here somewhere. Yeah, here we go. It's um, Acts seven forty eight. Jim. It says, however, the Most High God does not live in temples made by human hands. Not anymore, he doesn't. No. Yeah. This is the prophet speaking. The prophet says, heaven is my throne room. And the earth is but a footstool for my feet. Mm -hmm. So what's more important, the footstool or the throne? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We know the throne is. How could, it says, goes on to say, how could you possibly build a house that could tame me? Says the Lord, Yahweh. And where could you find a place where I could live? 
Don't you know that it is my hands that have built my house, not yours? Yeah, you know, Rich, um, I think one of the reasons why God allowed Solomon's temple and all the temples back in that day to be destroyed in 70 AD by the Roman Empire was because that was really God's way of speaking to the church and saying, I do not dwell in temples made of men's hands anymore. Uh, Solomon's temple was spectacular from what I understand. But he was saying there's a temple that's a lot more spectacular than the one that just went down into the ground, okay? And I think uh, it took me quite a while to discover this, that God was really not interested in me trying to do something to be acceptable in his eyes. But what I'm finding out is this whole thing has turned around on me, and it's the Lord now saying, I'm not interested in you doing things for me. I'm interested in you seeing what I've already done for you. And this is when you really start taking on the new identity, when you realize who you really are in Christ Jesus. Because prior to that time, when God awakens us, you do come into quite a bit of illumination when you are, quote, born again. But I think one of the the biggest issues that the Lord is dealing with today is instead of the church understanding what Jesus was saying to the disciples when they were first born again, he knew that they were going to be very concerned about their needs of where they were going to live, what they were going to wear, what they were going to eat, and rightfully so, because they were simply natural men. But when they came into this new life in Christ, he said, but now I say unto you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and to be in a right relationship with God and all these things will be added unto you. Now, as you seek the kingdom, all of a sudden you find that you start taking on a new righteousness and it's not of your own. And that's what the Lord meant when he said, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. You start waking up to the the realization that Christ is your righteousness. Um, I'm afraid that many times, I know from my own personal experience, that many of the organized fellowships that I went to, I always walked out with the impression I had to do more. It was all up to me. My salvation was all up to me now because God had demonstrated his love. Uh, I had a born-again experience. Now it's all on my back. (laughs) And bless God. It it really isn't because, you know, Jesus said, come to me, learn from me, for my yoke is hard. No, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But for years, I carried a heavy yoke. I carried a heavy burden, all the while thinking that every day when I got up, I had to do things that was acceptable to father. When then one day it dawned on me through my search is that the father saying, no, son, it's already finished. (laughs) When Jesus said it's finished, that's what he meant. You had been accepted in the beloved, which is all a great work of grace and love. scripture popped out at me, Jim. It's in John 5, 25. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is. Well, it's now, folks. It is now. So much of all this, and it's hard for us to wrap our mind around that Jesus 
was, was resurrected and ascended 2,000 years ago, but he talked a lot about the times we're living in right now. He says, now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and that they that hear shall live. Now, you know, you could interpret that as meaning people who have gone on to the grave and all that. And I, I wouldn't even say that that's wrong at all. I think it's very acceptable. But I believe there's a spiritual meaning to this for you today. And, and, and you know, you've heard, you know, you've heard this before. It's no longer I that liveth. It's Christ that liveth in me. So you were crucified. The Bible clearly says this. If it's hard to understand or accept, just think about it. The old self died. You were crucified with Christ. Then you were buried with Christ, and you have been resurrected with Christ. You have been resurrected into new life, mm -hmm. into an abundant life. And, and so many of us, including me, I don't feel that I'm living into the highness or whatever you want to call it, the fullness of what God has provided for me. And that's, that's one of my goals is I, I want to live into that fullness that he has given me. It's already been given to you, just like Jim said, it is finished. But we have to realize that we're new creations. We're new creatures. We're new people in Christ. And the more you realize that, the more you realize the benefits and the promises that has been given to you already. Mm -hmm. You don't have to die to walk on streets of gold metaphorically. Mm -hmm. You don't have to die to have the kind of peace that passes all understanding. Mm -hmm. You don't have to die to have the joy of knowing that I will never shed another tear in sadness and in desperation and, and all those negative things that we experience here on earth. Yeah, because, see, one thing I had to come to the realization of through this was I never had a lot of my own peace or my own joy. We constantly try and find that in the things of this world. Um but when Jesus said, the joy, the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You see, the Lord is full of joy. It's his joy, okay? The joy of the Lord, the joy of the peace, you know, the joy of the love that Christ walks in. When we come into a oneness with him, we start taking on his joy, his peace, his love. He's the prince of peace. That's the only place that peace can come from. He's the king of peace, okay? And right now, we just, we've been too busy trying to build, if I can say, and, 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 and I'm preaching to myself, we're too busy building our own natural kingdom. And we are in an hour now, and Rich and I have been talking a good deal about this. We know, we don't feel, we know we are in an hour where God is standing up and he's opening a door of grace and love, a new door to enter into his kingdom. You know, to the last church age in Laodicea, he said, Behold, I stand at the door. He didn't say I'm sitting at the door. 
He's not in that position of rest anymore. He's in a position where he's going to become aggressive in his love, and, and he's going to start manifesting himself in the earth. And he's going to do all this through a people. And if you're listening to Rich and my voice, you are that people Amen. that God is trying to reach. And so we're just trying to encourage you and convince you, very honestly, by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, that God has tremendous things in store for us in this day. Even though we look around this world and it looks like everything is collapsing around us, it's only collapsing because God is bringing his kingdom and he's shaking the kingdoms of men. So where do you want to be? Do you want to be in the world still when the world systems are being shaken? Or do you want to be a kingdom child and walk in the kingdom of God where you cannot be shaken, where you can walk through it with peace and love and joy? And I might add, all your needs met, prosperity. Thirty years ago, the Lord spoke to me. I never understood it until today. He said, son, there's coming an hour in the earth when the most precious commodity will be peace. I didn't understand it then because I was quite prosperous and had a home and had my needs taken care of, owned my own company. But now I'm starting to see what the Lord's talking about. All those things where you drew your peace from are going to be taken away. But I'm not taking them away because I'm trying to punish you. I'm trying to give you the true riches of my kingdom. Yeah, that's good. It's the fact that Romans eight seventeen says, and since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. Oh, man. I mean, does it get any better than that? I mean, I have to, I'm like you folks, I have to choke myself sometimes because I'll, I'll get into this lower realm called earth and I, yeah I'll start thinking about earthly things you know like uh, well my kids didn't call me today or what you know s silly things that I'm not saying it doesn't matter but I am saying that when it comes down to it if we want to remain in a lower realm than what he has provided for us, we, we can do so. He'll, he'll allow that. But your life is going to be tremendously better if you start lifting your eyes into the, and I say that metaphorically, your spiritual eyes into the heavenlies where all his treasures are, where all the promises are. You know, are we saying that if you do that, you'll never have a problem here on earth? No, we're not saying that at all. You're going to continue to have problems. But guess what? Where's the wisdom? He said the wisdom is with him. And that if you lack wisdom, he would give it to you if you ask. It's kind of like Job. It's kind of like Job when you're confronted with problems and things of that nature. Because that's really how you start seeing the manifest power of God. I mean, there's been times in my life when I've been confronted with some very challenging things uh, that I didn't like at the time. But when I look back at it and I see that when I prayed over these situations, how I was miraculously delivered from them, now I'm starting to understand the power that my Father has over this earth and actually the treasure that I have in this earthen vessel that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 
4, 7. But we have a treasure, this treasure in an earthly vessel, in your carnal vessel, your earthly vessel, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And Isaiah prophesied that God was going to give us the treasures of darkness. And what Isaiah was seeing was we are in this dark vessel, this carnal-minded vessel, and we are walking in darkness, but God is going to give us the treasure in darkness. And that treasure is in your earthen vessel right now. All you have to do is tell Jesus, come on in and open up the treasure box of who you are in me, Christ amen. in me, that great mystery. Amen, amen, because it's, it's all been provided, folks. And uh, so uh, we're going to take a break here.